I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Now, children and infants get depressed and it's not a happy subject and we don't like to think about it. Um, but children often get depressed. It doesn't show up the same way it does with adults. They don't mope and sleep a lot. They get irritable. They're crabby. They don't like anything. They cry all the time. They complain about things. Stomach aches, headaches. I can't go to school. I don't want to go to school. Earaches, yes. Did you get earaches? I sure did. Yeah. When I'd have to go to my dad's house in the summertime, yep. I had such tremendous anxiety leaving my mom right. and going over to my dad's house with my stepmom and my stepsister. Yes. And one of my older stepsisters was having a lot of emotional problems, so she was a bit of a bully. And my stepmom had emotional problems, and so I was very depressed. Yes. I used to, we, I mean, we went to a nice camp, me and my uh, half-sister, mm -hmm. and I hated it. I mean, I would cry every day. They would go swimming first thing in the morning, like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, when it was freezing. Yeah, still cold out, and my ears would just be hurting so badly and I, I just refused to get in the water and I was so depressed I was crying every day yeah so kids do get depressed Kids do get depressed more than many people realize and like I say um, the kids say I think my kid has ADHD he's hopping around he doesn't like anything in his stomach aches no he doesn't have ADHD have you considered depression and you need to have the kids seen so that we can differentiate what he has and sometimes People don't even believe uh, that kids can be depressed. And I thought of one particular case I once had where I talked to a father and a kid because the child was visibly depressed. Um, and he said I was going to evaluate him to see what I thought and to see what, if, if we could treat him and if he needed a treatment plan. And as the guy was leaving the child with me, he said, I certainly don't know what an eight-year-old has to be depressed about. So I talked to the kid. As it turned out, the father and mother had separated after years of severe conflict and the police being called. It sounded pretty close to domestic violence if it wasn't. His mother had moved to another state and he had little contact with her. That's enough to depress a kid. Yeah, and there was Absolutely. more. He was accused of sexually molesting his younger sister. But when he was carefully asked, he couldn't describe anything that happened the entire year during which time he was accused of molesting his little sister. Never said he didn't do it. Um, so did this have a kid have a right to be depressed? Absolutely. So what are your thoughts on that, that he couldn't remember it? I, th I think he had blocked the whole year. That the trauma was that yeah. severe. Whatever else was going on with the craziness in the family and his being accused of that. Now some people watching might think, oh, he was just making that up so he didn't get in trouble. No. Uh, I, I know they would, um, but blocking and childhood trauma are very, very common. Um, and he didn't rush to say, I didn't do it, or I would never do anything like that. He simply said, I don't remember. Um, so no, I didn't take it as that. And if he had been molested, which would be likely if he was doing that to his little sister, 
Um, otherwise, how would he know? He would have been considerably younger, like five. Um, how would he know about it, yeah. even doing that? So my sense was that if we had him in therapy long enough and gave him a chance to talk, some of the memories might come back, which would be really important because he'd be at risk to do it again if they didn't. But he had every reason on earth to be upset. Um, I currently see a guy who lost one of his children in a very terrible accident, a drowning. And I keep asking him how his other kids are, and he keeps saying they're fine, and I keep saying they can't be. They lost their sister. They can't possibly be fine. Um, you need to spend more time with them and more time talking to them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like I say, we kind of dismiss it in children. If children want to get therapy, being depressed, usually, if they mope in the corner and suck their thumb and watch their iPad all day, that's not going to get them therapy. They have to make some noise usually. Mm -hmm. Okay, So it's important to be equally concerned about a withdrawn child who has bodily complaints all the time as it is about an act, acting out ADHD kid. Okay? Yep. Um, infants can also be depressed, believe it or not. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, that's impossible. I know they are. How does an infant get depressed? But a few years ago, they expanded Medicaid, Medicaid services to infants, to children from zero to eight. And mm -hmm. there's a fancy name for the program. And I went to a presentation they made, and it was just wonderful. And they showed clips of depressed infants. If an infant is left in the crib too long, if somebody lives in a chaotic household and nobody gets around to them and they're left in the crib, not fed, not changed, not stimulated, not interacting with anybody, they can get depressed and they can get depressed pretty quickly. And if they get depressed enough, they will turn to the wall and ignore you anyway. But there are depressed infants. And this wonderful presentation showed some depressed infants and then some interventions and one was named Harvey, I believe. It was a cute little, little boy named Harvey. And he started out so depressed he would only look at the wall. And after several months of play therapy, somebody would bring him a big red ball and play with him every day. And they even followed him at home doing play therapy with him and the mother. You could see a drastic, dramatic improvement. Okay? Infants can get depressed. And of course, it's not a good idea to start your life that way. No. No. And, and you said, when we've talked about this before, that the first time an infant can get depressed is around the three-month mark. Is that right? It's you. Well, infants can get depressed at any time if they're not fed or picked up. Mm -hmm. um, but infants really differentiate parents from others at about eight months. Mm -hmm. Yes, and at three months, um, if you're into really early stages of development, at three months, the infant realizes that they and the mother are separate people. Yes. As at first we think we're fused, at first we were fused. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were carried by this person for nine months. But for several months, three months after we're born, or so, all those things vary. Um, we think we're one with her, and then when we find out we aren't, we have we've, our first little mini depression of being separate from mom. Um, and the separation process continues from there. Um, but most, most depression has a separation from a loved one in it somewhere. Um, 
adolescents? Do adolescents get depressed? Oh, yes. And what do they do? They get really, really grumpy. Yes, they do. <laughs> really irritable. Yeah. I wanted to say one more story, I'm sorry, about um, babies before I move on to the adolescents. Okay. I remember a foster care worker, worker um, saying to a foster mother one time, uh, I want to place this infant with you. This is the most wonderful baby ever. He never cries. He never makes any noise. He just makes at the wall. He just looks at the wall. So all you have to do is feed him. And I remember thinking, dear Lord, this person has no idea and can't even help the foster mother have any idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think the education no. is really there. No. But a placid baby is not necessarily... A healthy baby. Yes, adolescence, depressed adolescence, one of my favorite things in the world. Um, beating me at sorry has helped a lot of them over the years. They'll always play a board game with you no matter how depressed they are. They may refuse at first, but they can't help themselves after a while. Mm -hmm. And if you throw them a beach ball, they absolutely can't help them themselves. And they will eventually play a board game with you. Much like babies and infants and smaller children, um, Teenagers get very, very irritable, and sometimes they refuse to get out of bed, sometimes they cut themselves, sometimes they act out. They do all kinds of things. Um, but they do get depressed, and no one stops to think that an acting out, obnoxious, eye-rolling adolescent is depressed, and oftentimes they are. Yeah. And I've had many people say to me, can you make her stop rolling her eyes? I say, no, that's not within my power. Um, it's part of adolescent behavior. <laughs> But eventually, if you give them the, the support, they will talk about being depressed. And, you know, when you're, when you're trying to separate from the grown-ups in your life and say you can be on your own, it's, it's not a good idea to also tell them you're depressed because they might not let you. Um, so it's difficult with them, but you, you can get there. Um, and many people get furious at adolescent actor-outers. Of course they do. Um, but it's not a weakness, it's not a moral issue, and if you say to the, to the adolescent, it might not even be your fault, they say, really? Everybody else thought it was my fault. <laughs> um, and I've been asking people nosy questions for many, many years, and I've learned a lot about nosy questions. Don't make them too general. If you say to a depressed adolescent, are you depressed? They'll say no. If 15 minutes, I would say, do you get sad sometimes? They'd say, oh, yes, and tell me about it, okay? So big words, labels, generalizations, they don't do it. But do you get sad? I'd get a response, okay? And they inevitably have good reasons as well. Um, sometimes I look at an, an issue that people are going through, and I say, you know, that's going to come back later as a depression. Um, Tragedies that happen in people's lives, difficult things, breakups. If you don't resolve them at the time, they can come back as a depression with any kind of trigger that you might not even register consciously mm -hmm. um, that which, can bring you back to that early trauma. Which is why we say you have to talk about it. Talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And I'll have people come in and say there was no precipitant, there was no trigger, nothing happened and this depression just came. But if you're patient and you look long enough, you do find out that something recent just reminded them of something else. Okay? Um, I had a woman one time come to me 
And every August she would get terribly depressed for no reason it felt like to her. And I could understand that. It did feel like no reason. Finally, after I had a chance to spend some time to her when I with her, I found out that during the winter she lived with her father and her stepmother and it was not a happy situation. Yeah. But during the summer she would be sent to live with her mother. And guess what happened at the end of August? She would have to go back. And so she would get depressed every August on the anniversary of that. And fortunately for her, the minute she made it conscious, she was better. It was better. Yeah. And she could at least understand why. Yeah. There's always a precipitant. It can be a forgotten trauma, a blocked out trauma, an unmourned loss, an anniversary of something. You get the idea. Yeah. Yeah, but there is always a precipitant. It doesn't come out of the nowhere into the here. And the same is true in, a, in anxiety. And I'm sure it's annoying when I keep saying, but there is a reason. And it feels to you like there isn't one, you know. Um, but responses to avoid. You have no reason to be depressed. Snap out of it. If you stopped moping around here and went out and did something, you'd feel better. Those are direct quotes yeah. I've had from people. Uh, Chances are... You are going through depression right now, dealing with your breakup, and, you know, it's completely understandable. And, Absolute and normal. Yes. And how could you not be depressed over a major loss? And bringing up, uh, or having the other losses in your life come up. Absolutely. Like other breakups or other failed relationships that, you know, you'll revisit or think about, they'll pop up in your mind. It's, of course, going to make you feel depressed again. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what I wanted to say was, <clears throat> these days, we have better forms of therapy than we had 20 years ago, certainly, and much better medication. And if you approach people with medication, some people say, well, I'll consider it. Other people think of the old-time medications that used to make people shuffle around mental hospitals. Mm -hmm. None of those are used anymore, and there aren't very many mental hospitals around anymore. Mm -hmm. Because the med Let me sum up by saying uh, the treatment of depression is much improved over what it was 20 years ago. Uh, we had very little. We didn't have medication. Now we do. We have wonderful medications, and more people than you'd believe are on them. Mm -hmm. um, if you seek help for depression, you will probably be offered medication. The managed care companies like medication. And you will also be offered therapy. If you do either one, you will improve. If you do both, you will improve better and faster. And it bothers me when I hear that people are going around depressed now. Um, you used to have no choice, but now you really do. And it's not expensive or painful. Getting out of the depression is painful, but the treatment is quite reasonable. Yeah. So please don't be depressed. You don't have to. No, you don't. And I know it's incredibly discouraging when you're going through a breakup and you're depressed. You miss your, par your partner so no. bad and you just want them back again, and it, it could be very, very difficult to, you know, either let go or move on or let go of the idea of getting back with them. Um, you don't have to necessarily do that right, then, right away. Right, no, you, know, you, you don't. You know, we're not asking you to do that, but you're going to be in a much better place to try and heal, to try right. and 
right. reattract this person and 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 fix this relationship, repair this relationship if you're not depressed. Right. If you're depressed and you're how are you going to reattract them? How are you going to try and connect with this person again? when you're struggling so much emotionally yes. that it's hard to connect with them and meet their needs, right. um, explore um, with a clear mind what went wrong to begin with. Right. It's going to affect everything that you do. So if you need help with depression, please don't hesitate. No. And a lot of people have the mindset of, I don't want to be on pills. Yeah. I don't want to be on medication. Yeah, and it's it's... Most depressions are temporary, and it doesn't make you happy. There are some people who say, I don't want to be on any of those happy pills. They don't make you happy, but they can take the edge off the worst of the symptoms. And chances are, um, if you do what you need to do, um, you will not need to take them long term. Yeah. It's much better to go get evaluated by a psychiatrist and explore it, at least consider it, than to rule it out and just stay depressed. And I have people who come to me sometimes for depression and I'll work with them for a little while and then say to them, you know, I'm going to say it to you again, you really do need medication. And if you don't need it, I don't want you to take it. But if it's going to help you, yes. So, you know, we live in times where there's a lot more choices and opportunities to get help and it would be foolish to keep the old mindset right. of not doing it or that medication is for crazy people. It won't make you crazy. Honest, it makes you sane to, to ask for medication. But people have those ideas. Yeah, I'm not crazy. I don't need medication. Nobody said you were crazy. But you're very uncomfortably depressed. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, depression is obviously a topic we'll talk about in future videos. Right, because it keeps because coming up. It's, I would say, probably... 90% of the people going through a breakup are depressed. Absolutely. You know? Uh-huh. And, and the people, if you were the one dumped or broken uh -huh. up with, the it's probably right. yeah. like closer to 100%. I mean, I can't imagine very many people getting broken up with and not no. being depressed. Or anxiety either. And we'll talk about anxiety soon. It's similar. And they, they are the two major complaints that people have in this country. Yeah. But obviously this is a tremendous topic and that's why we went into such detail just to get you guys to think about this stuff today and how it's affecting you and your life in them and maybe people in your life, uh, how it's affecting them as of well. Of course, yes. Um, but certainly this is a massive component of a breakup. And the symptoms that you're experiencing it from it can completely rule your life. Yes, they can. Totally take it over. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, we'll talk about it again. We will. But um, I think we did a nice little summary to get yeah. people to start thinking about it yes. and uh, explore how it's affecting their life. Right. Um, if you want to get my help personally, just go to my website, askcraig.net. Sign up for the option that works best for you. I do email coaching. I do Skype. If you have to get with me right away, I do offer emergency Skype coaching. And look for Margaret on the website. She will be doing I Skype be coaching there. as well. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.